0: Hello and welcome to the Plus Future podcast with me, James Nepal Singh. Join me as I coach Dan Formless. Dan's well-known in the underground music scene in London and he pioneered DJ live streaming way before the pandemic. He created an ecosystem in the Hoxton area. Fashion, music, art and street culture. He's starting a new record label called Saboteur Sanctuary based on positivity and collaboration. You're joining us halfway through the session. I set out the usual coaching ground rules before we started. Let's get right in. Dan Formless, welcome to the Plus Future podcast. What bump in the road can I help you out with today?
1: There is a big feeling of, and I think you, you, only healthy people have this anyway, but a big feeling of the complex where you not infiltrate it, where you think you don't deserve to be there. Imposter, Imposter syndrome. syndrome, yeah. So occasionally I kind of feel that like, oh, why why am I making music? Who do I think I am? There's loads more talented people. And then I kind of get to a point where I'm like, well, even if there are, I've spent all this time getting all this together. I might as well have a go. And then and then I'll get to a point where. In each session, I'm like, "This is sounding really good. I really like this." I've spent twenty years trying to make music, collaborate with all sorts of different people in their studios, and I've never felt like this. I've always felt like there's been a compromise to be working with them, but but this is like really good. And then you ca- you know you carry on, you carry on, and then you kind of get to a point where it's a great loop or it's a great idea. You've got all the elements, and then you've got to arrange it, and that's a skill in itself and and really unpleasant to get through, to kind of push through. But I've realized for the first dozen tracks that I made, I took on board the ethos of a guy called Roberto, who I filmed an interview with, really purely because I believed in him and thought he was a really amazing guy. We filmed him in an unbelievable studio in Berlin. And he said, when I first started making techno, I told myself that every track I started, I would finish even if it wasn't good, I would finish it so that I got good at the whole process. So that when I have good tracks, I finish them with with a greater level of skill because I've practiced on the bad tracks. And he said, and even then you kind of realize you can rescue something at a certain point. So I took that on the first dozen tracks. I did that and it was like really tough. And I realized he was right. You know, there were tracks that didn't seem to have that much potential and they'd end up sounding really great. And sometimes there'd be tracks that Seem to have a lot of potential and they just didn't quite kind of make it. So I'm kind of at a point now where I think, I don't know if I need to keep doing that or whether I now need to be at a point where I'm like, okay, I want to just do sessions, like a session every day, get an idea down, record all the, all the parts in and then store it away next day, get an idea down. And then there's a really good producer called Steffi and she says she does 30 days of that and then at the end of the month or when she's not feeling that creative, she goes back and reviews everything, every session. And then she's like, "Oh, that one's good, that one's good. So just, she just picks the, the the gems and then she takes those and finishes them. So I think I'm, I'm at the point where I'm looking to be much more regular in, in my sessions in the studio, have a really, really good daily routine and um, just try and use these winter months to be really productive. I've literally removed every single barrier that there's been. There's no blockage. And I don't know if I can ever say that, you know, like my place is perfect. Like I have no neighbors that complain, just can be completely devoted to, to the art. And yet I can feel this kind of like uneasiness. It's like like um, I don't know what you're like. I mean, I saw you came online like five minutes before we started. You're like very. I think you have to be like one time. I'm very much like I try and squeeze too much in my day, and I tend to be like behind the eight ball, like just kind of like trying to catch up. And again, it's something I'm trying to improve upon. I was kind of ready then, but I was testing all my equipment, and I was like, right, okay. But I feel uneasy when I'm early for something because I'm not used to it. You don't know that feeling, but I, I have that. Getting a really really disciplined like routine down schedule and maybe trying to in this session establish what the bumps in the road probably will be and how to kind of get back on track quickly when when they happen would be really useful for me
0: there were two things you mentioned there so you've got this creative space without any distractions that you started one thing we can explore is what you just said there Sort out your daily routine for, say, a month, and you can stick to that. You also mentioned imposter syndrome, which sounds like it's something deeper. Which would you like to explore first? Uh, imposter syndrome. Where, where are you at the stage with that? What, what happened?
1: The more music I finish and the more videos I edit and complete, the less I feel it. Because I feel there's a body of work behind me that I can say, oh, yeah, that's really good. Or there's a big element of perfectionism that then... Ends up being procrastination, but I, I feel like I've made a lot of progress with that. Like the kind of mentality of, it's not going to be perfect, but my eighty percent is going to be better than the vast majority of people. And the only way to get it closer to perfect is to hit eighty percent first, and then like build from there. Whereas I think a lot of the time I feel like, oh, if it's not going to be perfect, why even start? What you know, the, and it's not like a super prominent thing in my mind. It's like kind of back you know, just sitting there, like just eating away a little bit from doing the radio from like 2011 to like 2018, because that was live. that stopped me from doing any of that. You just had to go live. You had to get on with it. It had to be done. And, and I achieved a lot doing that. But like now where it's premeditated and a video, you can do color grading on a video for hours and no one will notice the difference, but, but I noticed the difference or, there's these things or like go and refilm the Berlin wall because it's not quite right. You know, I've done stuff like that where, and that no one will notice or you end up using some of the original footage and, and not the new stuff. So yeah, really trying to trying to remind myself of instances where I gave into the perfectionism and the obsessing on trying to get things even better and then realizing that it didn't matter. I think, reminding myself to be confident about where my true skill set is because as much as I enjoy filming I don't think it's my my passion you know I picked up a camera because I was a a kid skateboarding and I was inspired by all the incredible skateboard videos of like the late 80s early 90s and so I always had like a a vision for that but what I love doing is telling a story and what I love doing is is making music that makes me want to dance so it's like I also love DJing, but I understand that in order for me to play the gigs I want to play at a higher level where there's this glass ceiling, you have to have something different. And it's like having your music, being booked to play your music, having a label where you're releasing amazing music. I think it's a combination of looking at some of the stuff I've got in the bank that I've achieved and also reminding myself of why I'm doing all the things that I'm doing that I have spent a long time working out what I need to do in order to get to the next level and what I'm going to do when I get there. I think that was what was so educational about the filming for the party and the label all around Europe because I saw all those like artists that I really respected DJing and being a certain way with all the, the hangers-on. They're very, they're very hands-off and they don't, want to, they don't want that. And it looks aloof. But then you realise it's, it's exactly like playing in a West End club. They just want to get in, play their music and get out without being like uh, drained too much. Yeah, I've definitely had the All Summits kind of this thing, oh, I'll be, you you really should have been careful what you wished for because once you get what you think you wanted, you realise that it's not as straightforward. So I, I can see that. I think the other thing is feeling more and more confident about the inevitability of, of I wouldn't even say success, but like progress. Like I know if I just stick at this and, and do the small things it builds up and builds up and builds up and and then the progress is made and even the one could say that the filming all summer has been a distraction from just making music but I've learned loads and loads of different stuff and made great contacts from it so like seeing the benefits of even the the slight distractions or the bumps in the road.
0: How does that relate to the imposter syndrome where you said that you said it's not success but You've got to be careful what you wish for.
1: Imposter syndrome is all about my perceptions. So if I perceive that I'm not that good, then who am I comparing that to? So if I go and if I read the Cyro Bonker's interview with Aphex Twin, which was I think two thousand and sixteen, it went up for like one week and then it got deleted because it was him being interviewed by one of his best mates. It was all written down and it was very open. My biggest ambition was to interview him to film an interview of him and i had this plan like i interview people he respects and then more people he respects and then he sees me on the radar he sees i've done good interviews and it opens the door slowly for me i read that interview and i'm like i don't want to interview him anymore because as amazing and talented as i think he is i realized he was so open in that interview that he showed a part of himself that maybe i didn't think was amazing so it's like slightly meeting your hero but also I saw how obsessed he was with building his studios and making, he was talking about making music and he got so excited that he stopped the interview to make a track and then resumed the interview. So it's like seeing all of that, seeing how he does it, stopped me wanting to copy him, but made me realise I just need to get on my path, focus on my path, build up how I do things and make that progress. So it's like I had this idea that he was super, I think it's the perception of talent, right? I had this idea that he was just amazingly talented. He just puts in loads and loads and loads of time and thought and energy. And I realize if I do that, I will make progress. And some of the other people that I've seen over the summer, whether they're DJs or producers, they don't have a lot of talent. They get very far with what they've got. And I'm sure that they're improving because they do that. So the imposter syndrome is is counterproductive in that it's just feeding into the perfectionism and procrastination. And, and I think both of those are unhealthy at the level that I have them. Yeah. It's just kind of maybe having a mantra to remind myself about the imposter syndrome of like, well, I guess it's something like, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you just try and see rather than answer the question that hasn't been asked? I, th- I think that that's what it is. It's like, cause you're like, everything I make, isn't going to be as good as, you know, person X, Y, or Z, but it's like, I don't like every track they've made
0: sounds like you've got self-awareness to recognize you've got perfectionism issues and you know how to address that. And you also, I think, answered the problem yourself because you realize it's, I've done this for many years, not many people have done it. So I've got to look at it in terms of that. And you've seen people like Aphex Twin and you realize what what's the genius that he's creating It's basically he puts the hours in and he's passionate about what he does. Which sounds like you are as well. So tell me if I'm wrong. It sounds like you're answering your own nervousness and you've got the solutions in there, you just haven't implemented them.
1: Yeah, I think I think I found that with with all the coaching sessions of you is like, I've got all the answers, but I need someone with the perspective from the outside to say, oh, so have you tried it's just knowing and not doing is as good as not knowing. Like it's it's all very good knowing it all, but then actually putting it into practice, having processes or heading off the counterproductive mindset at the past, like before it gets too ingrained. Or I think kind of when I think about like a daily routine, I think the problem for me is if I had one set daily routine, I don't think I'd stick to it. Whereas I start to realize like, I almost want a modular daily routine where it's like, you could go, did you ever watch the um, Black Mirror, Bandersnatch? They did like a Christmas episode and it's like, it's like those role-playing books that you used to have where you could like choose what to do next and then you go to page like 54 or whatever. I feel like I I, I want that. I want like, well, if I get up and it's, for instance, I love uh, Andrew Huberman, all the stuff he does. Have you seen him? Really amazing, like science-based, very neurologi- neurological approach to stuff. And he was saying all these things like, um, if you get up and go outside into the light and get as much light on your skin as possible to start your day, Don't drink coffee for the first hour and a half. You will feel a lot more balanced. You will not have that crash that you have in the afternoon from like a a big caffeine hit before your body has cleared certain chemicals from it after sleep. All those things, I'm like, great. But then I'm like, well, if it's pissing down with rain outside, I'm not going to go out or, or I'm less inclined to go out. So I guess if there's environmental or certain other factors that come into play on a certain day, How can I have a modular approach to a daily routine that allows me to adapt? Because I think if I have like too rigid a routine, then it's almost like, you know, people do fad diets and then they like, it always relapses back into something because it's maybe too big a change too soon or too unrealistic. There's things like some days you don't feel creative. What do I do on a day when I don't feel creative? I sit in the studio. I'm like, this is not happening. To be honest, I don't think I've had those days. I think once I sit down and start doing stuff, I always find something because I've assembled such playground of stuff here. There's, there's so much I can learn on on any bit of kit if I just start playing with it. I think that would be a few years until I got to that point, to be honest. But there, there's, there's other things that I can I have noticed. I think it's important to do exercise every day. And a lot of the time where I could have been trying to get back into the studio in the summer when i wasn't doing these these jobs i was going bouldering climbing at indoor walls and really enjoying the community vibe there the problem solving of trying to tackle roots, the camaraderie in doing it with friends talking to random people at the wall like making connection not having to talk about your daily life i really really liked that but then i started to realize that that's a, not self sabotage but i could just go to the climbing wall like three or four times a week and spend like three or four hours there doing that and and it was fun and it was nice but it was like too imbalanced too much so yeah i think it's that kind of thing where on a certain day get up go out and walk but on another day all right you know get some sunlight but like do a session in the studio in the morning and maybe go to the climbing wall once i've done a load of stuff
0: it sounds like you're a guy who doesn't like a structured schedule so if i say you go to the climbing wall three times a week and in Morning, you do studio. The afternoon, watch TV, and then do that every single day. It sounds like you don't want to do that. You want the kind of game book thing, where oh, it's raining today. Turn to page fifty-two. Let's do this kind of thing.
1: Yeah, that would appeal to me a lot more. Although, I think because I grew up in a very chaotic kind of household and and like family situation, I got so used to that that I um, just developed coping mechanisms, and I don't think it's healthy and the more disciplined and organized i've got whether it's with how i structure my whole studio like cable management even you know, or, or the structure of these monitors like i had these monitors i had two big monitors up much higher than they should be and someone came around and they're like they're very far away how do you see stuff and i was like thinking well i kind of peer forward like this and i hurt my back and so like getting all this stuff in place like you can't see it and I've only just done it, which is why I'm like so happy about it. But the, the monitor arms I've got, I could literally pull that monitor straight to my face. And like, if I'm, if I was doing video editing or a bit of sound editing, I could have it exactly where I want it. I can have anything the way I want it. And I've realized that the more structure I create, the more, the cleaner and tidier my, my place is, that the more I feel like I want to create, I want to do stuff. And, and I, I think I'm starting to realize that in the past, maybe there was an element of there being too much chaos around me and me not necessarily noticing or or like my coping mechanisms from childhood have kicked in. So it's just like, oh, well, that's normal. Whereas it's like when I start to say, no, that's not normal, I need a tidy place around me, an organized and structured environment. And then everything feels like so much more manageable. There's no kind of coping
0: What chaos is getting in the way of you having a structured routine?
1: I feel like I've removed everything. I can't, like, I literally, I can't think of it. There's nothing. I've really, uh, like, done a lot of work on myself personally over, like, lockdown. But since then as well, as you know, I feel like I'm really good at reflecting on stuff, being more and more focused on what I want, what I don't want, who I want in my life, who I don't want in my life. I think I've realised how important that is. I've cut quite a lot of friends over the last year or two and I don't regret any of it. It's okay to be kind of close and really good friends with someone for a period of time and then as you grow and they grow, it's, it doesn't kind of work as much and, and I really appreciate the people that I am in contact with now. I make the most of the time I get with them but I don't like try to over do it, over egg it. Like, yeah, I, f- I feel very... M- way, way more independent, not seeking, I think I, I used to seek approval from other people. Like the person that commented on the, on the monitors, I sent them shots of how it's done now and they were like, they they made it, they made a comment about, I don't know if I've made an, I've made another editing desk in the other room and they saw that and they went, I hate that desk, that desk's too small and I went, I don't care what you think. Like I've done like, but whereas the old me would have been like, oh shit, like now I need to do this. So I'm like, I'm basking in the glory of the dual monitor arms here like you can say anything you want it doesn't doesn't bother me. I've got a lot more resilience on that. I'm not seeking external approval. I, I can only think of things that I used to do. Yeah, I'm I'm at a point now where I I I'm, I can't think of it. If I was to go out partying all the time and stay out really late and and do all the wrong things and feel hungover maybe, but I just I don't have that inclination anymore. I'm too and in the summer, it was like, I don't want to go out and party or when I'm doing these festivals, it's like, I could go climbing tomorrow. I could go, I, I, the one time I didn't do it, it was in Barcelona and there's this like legendary, like huge complex and I could have gone to it, but I was hungover. And I, I think about that since it's like, I could have done climbing that day instead. I think count self-destructive tendencies I don't have, don't feel the urge for them. Yeah, I think maybe exercise would be the only thing. And like from climbing too much and obsessively and getting a few injuries, I've realised there's a balance to that as well. I could climb once a week, but do loads of training. Like like you've got to do pull ups and like all these like fingerboard things, and I've got the pull up bar and I can I can install a a fingerboard thing and you have to hang for ages. So I can literally do that here during my session. If I need like a little break, I can just go and hang and stuff. There's nothing. There's really nothing like that. I think that's the intimidating thing there's nothing there's no excuses
0: left there's nothing that seems like an aha moment for you you've you've cleansed your life you've cleansed your friends out of your life who aren't going to support you in what you're doing at the moment you're not seeking people's approval you sorted out your monitor you've got no chaos anywhere in your life and it's almost like you've put a spotlight on you now so you've got like you said no excuse and that ironically is Acting as a buffer almost. Tell me if I'm wrong.
1: I think it could. And I think that's why the timing of this session is really useful because it's like maybe there's going to be some techniques or approaches or mindsets that I can use to make sure that I don't kind of get distracted or don't, or like don't have not stage fright, but like don't freeze at this opportunity.
0: Who can be your person who holds you to account for making tracks? If, if you have to make a dozen tracks by a certain time, who would that person be?
1: Probably my friend Alex Seller. He is like very inspiring because he can be incredibly prolific, but he definitely has these purple patches where if he goes to see Ricardo Villalobos play his like one gig of fabric for, you know, I think he does it like twice a year. Alex will then be so inspired for the next 10 days. He'll make two to three tracks a day and be so excited and like everything. And I just kind of witnessed this and I'm like, but then he'll have like huge periods of having his, his work take over too much and not having time or or having mastering jobs for, for other labels and stuff. And so I see that, but I get to play my music to him and he, he always tells me it's good, which is really, he doesn't say that like for anyone. But he also tells me what I should focus on or what I need to think about or have you considered doing this? And he does it in a very hands-off way where it's like, you might not want to do it, but but try this. So it's like, he he mentors me musically and supports me. And also he gently holds me to account. So we, we kind of touch base quite a lot. And it's like, I ask him, oh, have you made anything new? Because whenever I hear his stuff, I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And, I, and I've learned now to start dissecting it and, and take what I want from it, but then he's also like, "Oh so how's it going? When are you going to send me some new music and, and I realize that's a huge privilege he doesn't like do that for really like anyone else
0: what timeline could you give him giving you your tracks and how many tracks are you going to give him?
1: Yeah, I don't know I mean, I definitely need to create my own deadlines like like for instance, I was meant to go and do a studio session with him with one of the three unfinished tracks I have. And all I had to do is arrange them. And I'd set the deadline on, the, on Wednesday last week. I set the deadline for Friday or Thursday night. I would send him the stems. And he got to Thursday night and I wasn't happy with it. And I said, look, I don't want to come to you with something that's okay, that I could come to you next week with that would be really good and that you'll then take help me take to like that higher level. In the mastering. So I already failed to hit my recent deadline, self-imposed, and we've just kicked it down the road to one day next week.
0: I'll challenge what you said there. You use the word fail. Well, I question the extent to which this is your perfectionism coming into play here. Where another approach you might want to take is that a person you mentioned who writes a track a day and it's not perfect, but it's the process that they care about. Yeah. So one approach you might want to take is that's a deadline. It is set in stone. I have to send whatever's out there and whatever I produce is going to be amazing because I'm talented. I've got the years experience. He's talented. We'll get something great.
1: Yeah, I was, I was thinking like one way to hold myself to account would be to, to start like uploading it, even if it's not public, but just upload it. And I started, the other thing I was thinking was like to literally live stream the first 10 minutes of my day in the studio and then cut it off. Like, so it's like, ah, oh, so I'm setting up, da, 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 this is what's on my mind, this is what I'm going to do, and then cut it off. So it's like it almost, I hold myself to account because I started the stream. It's, I've touched that like live radio thing that always got me going, but then switched it off because you don't want to be trying to perform to people when you're in the creative process. But And then in my mind, it was like, well, that, that's actually, as I see successful artists and DJs, part of it now has to be about like, your social media presence and I'm like, I don't want to be fake and like uh projecting stuff I want to be able to I, I, but at the same time like I've gone too far in like I don't really put any pictures up at the studio and I'm proud of it now, and I don't really care about what other people think whether they're like oh he's showing off it's like no like I, I spent years building this up I've like i've I've earned everything in this studio, so it's kind of like whether to do that but not allow it to be too much of a distraction in starting doing something live or, or uploading stuff or like falling into like starting to share it with certain people or looking to build revenue streams out of that with like a, a Patreon approach or, or like things like that without selling out, without being that West End DJ again, suddenly.
0: I think if there's a, like in coaching a spaghetti, you just pick out which strand you want to take there. There's a lot of spaghetti there. One approach you might want to take, which I invite you to think about, is just concentrating on one thing. Yeah. So you said your goal here is the productivity and getting away from perfectionism. And you mentioned a strategy there to do that. It's live stream because it takes you back to the radio. You just focus on that one thing. Yeah. Try it for a week. See what will happen. Yeah. Forget about the patron, forget about the likes. And you've already said you don't really care anymore what people think about you. So you're not doing it for the social likes or anything like that. Yeah. See where that goes. Then hook in your accountability manager.
1: That's the progress thing as well, because if it falls flat on its face or it doesn't work, that's fine. But if it starts to, if I keep doing it, then I can start to build all those other ideas onto it if I
0: want. So when are you going to start doing that then?
1: Well, this was a good test actually with the with the camera and everything yeah i think I think this is the other thing is is when I get challenged to set deadlines and goals, then I'm too ambitious and then it I set unachievable things, and then even if I get close to them, I'm disappointed. so like my instant thought was like I could start doing it tomorrow, I could like do it every day next week, and then I'm thinking, well, maybe wind that back in a little bit and maybe say, well, if I do one next week." I'll be happy. But if I do one early, then I should just carry on. So I guess I'd say I'd like to do one on Monday or Tuesday. And if I achieve that, to do another one. And I aim to to try and build it up to being a daily thing.
0: Okay. The first one, could you please send me a link? So I'd be really interested in looking at that. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. So just to confirm, the format would be you making a track from scratch.
1: So a jam, yeah. Like I could do, yeah, I could do that. I was thinking the first one could be me like with the three arrangements that I've got to finish or I've got to pick and finish. But I think that it would be nicer to start with a jam. Yeah, I haven't been journaling that. Like I found journaling really, really useful, and I I need to do it more. But I actually I journal each session so that I can. I've got a very rare setup where I can. Note down every single setting and, and everything on, on this. I could, I could have a power cut or I could switch it off and I could come back and be able to resume where it is. And, and not many people can do that with their studios because things lose their settings or, or like it's, it's never quite the same. But I, like I've been really diligent in like making it so that I can do it with this one. I think that again, that's a nice piece of content as well to like put up, like just a shot of the notes for the day maybe i'm just thinking maybe the the way to do it would be even if i don't do a video so do a video but even if i don't do a video force myself to put up a shot of the journal for the day so it's like even if i have technical issues or or like blah 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 at least put up that page each day like just as a story or something or, or something like that
0: and then what's your timing for going with your friend to sort out the first track
1: wednesday wednesday next week is realistic and the, yeah the, the other thing that i suddenly realized is there will be days coming up where like i've got an upgrade to do to one of the synthesizers and I, I go and work with uh this really amazing tech guy who does restorations and he's getting too old to be able to do it by himself so i'm like kind of helping out but i know that in the past has descended into like three or four days where you're just like slaving away, like replacing capacitors and resistors, and that can spiral out of control. And I think I got really annoyed with myself when that last happened because I had such unrealistic expectations. So it's kind of like maybe blocking, being, being able to be forward-thinking enough to say, okay, there will be times where this happens, and that's okay. Or even, even on days like that, make an hour just to turn the machines on and and, plus, and play around with it. Like there's this constant thing where it's like, okay, if you started an idea, but you didn't record it, do you then turn the machines on and continue with it or not? So I think I have to really like force myself this, like to build in on the end of any session. Like, and now you're going to record it all in, because then it's like, then it's journaled. It's like it's not just writing all the settings in. It's like it's saved. It's it's a it's a project and you can like the next day open everything up and do the next things that would be a real improvement
0: common theme there that we touched on before in one of our earlier coaching sessions quite a few years ago do you remember you were setting out your targets for the year and you had a really really long list and then in the next session you still got it oh fantastic
1: i've got it uh yeah it was very long was How very, many very of
0: those did you achieve? I was looking at that and thinking that.
1: Where is it? Uh duh, 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 duh. Where is it? 2019 objectives. Make music solo. Finish building own studio. Yeah, tap into the knowledge of Alex and then a whole bunch of other people. Interestingly. I've cut all the other people (laughs) like six other people collaborate on travels, DJ more places exchange for DJ slots, make videos, vlogs, interviews, do unique live streams, set up branches of forward movement, generate excess revenue. And then there was like a plan for the year in different places to be. How many of those things have I done? Like I am making music solo. I have made music solo. I've, finished a dozen tracks so i would say i've done that dj more places no make videos i have done that professionally for corporate and creative clients but not so much for myself and i definitely would like to only make videos for myself in this winter period so jobs jobs have been coming through job inquiries and quotes i've put out and i've tried to price myself out of all of them so it's like i don't really want to do the job so rather than say no i just double my fee so far no one's accepted that which is good but there's a like and and you know they can be really good jobs and a lot of it now is like rather than go and do the job myself outsource the work to some of these younger videographers and keep give them the opportunity but make my money from adding value and and doing the project management of it so that could be another distraction definitely that could that could kick in and it can be seemingly useful where it's like filming a DJ who's over from Berlin doing a gig in London and I so I could have done that on Friday and I priced myself out of it and I'm kind of glad because when I saw the budget they had it was like half of what I normally charge so it was an unrealistic budget you know if that had happened I'd have been kind of in there and out there for like a few hours of the day. a and what actually what that makes me think is like the, the most important thing about making music on a daily basis is to do it in the morning. As much as I say, I find I'm productive at night, but it's because I take so long to get into the kind of state. And I and I realise if it's like get up, or, you know, get outside, come back, have a coffee, get in the studio, start making stuff. I know that's the way to do it. I just, I know it.
0: Conscious of your time. Oh, uh, you're busy chappie! So the goals that you've listed out—it sounds like you've actually achieved most of them, and that was done three years ago. So well done on that!
1: Yeah, that was that was pretty good. Though actually, there were other ones where it was like set up. A, do you remember we were going to set? I was going to set up a coffee shop in the Philippines.
0: But you looked into that. Remember you? But you I, thought I, you had to talk n- nonsense to people, so you went into it. I
1: aborted it very early on because I saw barriers to doing it, and that actually that felt really good to do that. because i didn't just like run with it and try and make it force it to happen i I was like nope this isn't going to work um it was a good thing to explore but it's not it's not like worth the time yeah there's i I do i do feel a lot more um okay with failure i don't okay with saying that's not that's not for me
0: I would challenge the concept of failure. It's an attempt. Yeah. And it didn't work out. So you just realized it wasn't for you. I wouldn't, personally, I wouldn't classify that as a failure. Yeah. It's um, t- testing or something. Yeah, like uh, Exactly. It's, it's prototyping and yeah. design, art and design creativity. But what, I've noticed a trend here. It seems that on the macro level, you do, you are ambitious and you do set yourself high goals. But it, as you've just shown, you've, you've achieved a lot of them or at least you've tried them out. On the micro level, your observation is you're trying to do too much, like you wanted to do three sessions next week, but you have the self-realization to realize you won't do that. So let's just say one. So the challenge might be to align your macro thinking with your micro in terms of what your expectations are.
1: I think what it is, is, and I managed to do it maybe this is one of the first times, but just then when I was saying to you, I want to say every day next week, but it's kind of saying, all right, what's your first thought? Okay, that's perfection. So now what if you dial it back to like half of that? And then aim for that. And then know that your your way to get closer to perfection is to whatever your instinct was, go half and then build from it. Go half with a with a in a way that you can achieve that fairly early and then build from it. I think that would really really help me. Because then it's not It's not denying that possibility. It's just realistically setting a route.
0: What have your key realizations from today's chat been?
1: That, what I just said. That was the key. Yeah, I think so. I think because it accepts what my mindset is currently and has always been and doesn't just sort of say, oh, that's got to change. It's like, no, but like it has to be realistically put into perspective in an achievable way.
0: I'll just summarize where we got to today. So at the start, you've cleaned space in your life for your studio. You've taken out all the distractions, all the chaos. You dabbled in the corporate world for your filming, but you realize you have to go back to your creativity and you had opportunities to do that. You went to Berlin and Portugal. Now you're setting time out for doing your music, which is what you love. You've taken out everything, all the distractions have gone. You might dabble in rock climbing, which you really like, but you're not going to overdo it. There's a balance there. And you've got an accountability manager, your friend, who you're going to go in the studio with to sort things out. And to get yourself going to get the engines in gear, you're going to do a live stream of you just jamming next week, going to try it for one day, see how that goes. And then you're going to go in the studio on Wednesday to fill out your next track. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about before we leave, Dan? Um,
1: I don't think so. Can't think of anything, unless you can think of anything.
0: I think that's it. I think that was a very productive session.
1: Yeah, great. I appreciate it. Thank you.
0: No problem. So thanks for joining the Plus Future podcast, Dan.
1: Appreciate it. Uh, Good luck with it in the future.
0: True to form, Dan messaged me right after the recording to say he started jamming some beats. Like a lot of coaching clients, he already knew the answers. He just needed someone to hear them and point them out to him. Please feel free to like, comment and share. Until next time.